This is the day that the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I welcome you this morning to the two county cooperative uh, parishes word and worship hour. I'm Pastor Laurice Jones-Wilkes. And this morning we uh, will start our service together with our call to worship, our call to worship. Around the world, people gather to break bread and pour wine. We gather with them in heart and mind. Around the world, the broken body is made whole. As part of that body, we join in its unity. Around the world, the banquet of God is prepared for the table. We who share in the banquet come eagerly to be fed. Let us worship together. Let us share God's bounty. Amen, amen, and amen. We'll start our worship today with, uh, since I don't sing that well, we're going to just recite the, a few of the verses from Oh, for a Thousand Tongues to Sing. Oh, for a Thousand Tongues to Sing. Will you listen with me and meditate upon the words as I read them? Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, my great Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King, the triumphs of His grace, my gracious Master and my God. Assist me to proclaim, to spread throughout the earth abroad, the honors of thy name. Jesus, the name that charms the fears, that bids our sorrows cease. Tis music in the sinner's ears. Tis life and health and peace. He breaks the power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoners free. His blood can make the foulest clean. His blood availeth for me. He speaks and listening to his voice. New life the dead receive. The mournful broken hearts rejoice. The humble poor believe. Hear him, ye deaf, his praise, ye dumb. Your loosened tongues employ. Ye blind, behold, your Savior come. And leap, ye lame, for joy. In Christ your head, you then shall know, shall feel your sins forgiven. And, and anticipate your heaven below and own that love is in heaven. Amen, amen, and amen. We move from the reading of our hymn this morning, our first hymn this morning, on 
to our prayer. That is our opening prayer. And we follow that by our prayer of concerns, our pastoral prayer of concerns and our sharing in rejoicing. And then we follow that together with a prayer that our Lord has taught us. So let's take a moment of silence before we move into our prayers, our prayers together this morning. Jesus prayed that we might be one, one in spirit, one in mission, in union and communion with each other and with you. Today, God, we confess fumblings and failures in accompanying unity and accomplishing unity as we set aside yet another day to remember ourselves, to remind ourselves of our task. On World Communion Sunday, give us eyes to receive your reflection in the eyes of Christians everywhere. Give us a mind to accept and celebrate our differences. Give us a heart big enough to love your children everywhere. We thank you, Lord God, for setting a table with space enough for us all, for us all. Heavenly Father, this morning we come to you, Lord God, in our prayers of concern, Lord God, and prayers of compassion, Lord God. Father God, we come today, Lord God, with heavy hearts as we recognize that the coronavirus, Lord God, remains a real and a present danger to the health of the people of the world to the health of the people of this nation, and to our own church community. This day we pray especially for those among us who have contracted, Lord God, the disease. We're asking you to minimize, Lord God, and deliver them from any and all symptoms and ill effects, mild or strong. Restore them, Lord God, quickly to full health, For those, Lord God, who've been been exposed to the disease, we pray that you, Lord God, will be a shield for them. Protect each one, Lord God, from, Lord God, contracting the disease in any and any of its ill effects. We pray this morning for them, Lord God, and for all of those around the world who have, Lord God, been infected or exposed to this deadly disease. We pray, Lord God, for all families around the world, Lord God, here in the United States, and Lord Lord God, uh, those again who who are uh, residents of the world community, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, for those who have lost loved ones, beloved ones, Lord God, to the disease. Be their comforter, Lord God. Be their strength, Lord God, as they continue to mourn their losses. 
Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord God, for your mercy, Lord God. Father God, your sweet relief and release, Lord God. Father God, and even restoration, Lord God, for all those families, Lord God. All of those persons who who have been and are yet, Lord God, still suffering, Lord God, from the devastating fires, Lord God, on the West Coast and beyond. And we pray, Lord God, as well as for those, Lord God, on the Gulf Coast, Father God, who are enduring yet another deluge of flood waters, Lord God, and Lord God, destruction, Lord God, Father God, from Lord God, the winds. Because you are, Lord God, merciful, we beseech you this morning to calm the winds, Lord God, to dry, Lord God, the waters, Lord God, and the land, Lord God, to extinguish the flames, Lord God. Father God, we pray, Lord God, we beseech you this morning to instill hope, Lord God, and provide health for all of those who have been so adversely affected, Lord God by these turns of events, Lord God. Touch hearts and minds, Lord God, of our government leaders, Lord God, our president, our Congress, Lord God, and all nation, all national uh, leaders, Lord God, causing them to seek unity, Lord God, in the bond, Lord God, of love and peace for all citizens of our great nation, and yes, around the world. This is our prayer, Lord God. Our hearts cry, Lord God, this morning as members, Lord God, of your world community. We pray, Lord God, our prayer, Lord God, Father God, and and we close our prayer this morning with, Lord God, the words, Lord God, that have been, Lord God, taught us by our Lord, our Lord's prayer We begin it, Lord God, together, our Father, our Father, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today, Lord God, our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, Lord God, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen, amen, and amen. This morning, as we prepare to hear our scripture of the morning, I want to share with you that the message for today is the one that the Lord had me to deliver uh, last Sunday. Uh, Father God, that is deliver on the 4th October, Sunday, October Fourth, That is known as World Communion Sunday. And the message of the morning was uh, entitled uh, uh, for this, this uh, day, um, More, More, More Than Enough. More Than Enough. A word comes to you this morning from a familiar text to many of you. It, it comes from that that text in the book of Lamentations written by the prophet Jeremiah. We're reading Lamentations 3, 19 through 26. Lamentations 3, 19 through 26. And I'll be reading to you this morning from the New King James Version, 
And the word reads this way. Remember my affliction and my roarings, the wormwood and the gall. My my soul still remembers and sinks within me. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. This is the word of God for us, his beloved people, the people of God this morning. Please bow your heads with me for just a moment. Father God, you know, Lord God, the word that you have given me for your beloved ones this day, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that as I share these words with them, Lord God, that you hide me behind your cross, Lord God, that you use me, Lord God, to be, Lord God, your vessel, Lord God, to speak with clarity, with truth, Lord God. Father God, that the words that I speak, Lord God, the message that you've given me, Lord God, touches touches the hearts of my hearers and my own heart, Lord God. And that this word, Lord God, will serve, Lord God, to transform our lives, Lord God, and lead us into a closer walk with thee. That's our prayer this morning. It's in Jesus' name that I pray, Lord God, and I give you thanks today. As I shared with you a moment ago, this word is a word uh, that uh, rings so true to my heart. Uh, and it comes uh, from the book of Lamentations. That's the scripture. And the word itself is uh, uh, sharing, a sharing, Lord God, uh, sharing from the Lord God of a reflection on the text and a reflection on what World Communion Sunday can mean to God's people. A few weeks ago, I I learned about a wonderful coffee table book. It was filled with amazing photographs and it was entitled, in fact, it is entitled, Hungry Planet, What the World Eats. So I ordered it from Amazon and praise the Lord, I, I received it. The book was written about 13 years ago by the authors Peter Menzel and and Faith de de Lazayo. My tongue is so tied this morning. Please forgive me. They set out to travel the globe to investigate what people eat. Regular people, normal people, like you and like me, in their own locations, in their own cultures. So they sat down with about 30 families in 24 countries. And they talked together about their lives and their work, their favorite recipes. And that reminded me a little of what we did in one of our two county churches, Granbury, for our homecoming devotionals during the month of September. The authors asked how they, uh, the folks they were interviewing, how how they got their food. Did they shop in places like Kroger's, Food Lion, Piggly Wiggly, 
Or did they farm like some of our members, like Tom, our lay leader, our, our lay speaker, rather, and then uh, Roger, who's the member of Granberry? Did they grow or did they raise their food um, sources? That, that was the question they asked. Did they barter with others nearby? Then the authors photographed each family with one week's worth of food they consume. And those pictures are truly marvelous. One family from California spends $159 a week for their food, while a family from North Carolina spends as much as $341 a week for their food. A family from Germany spends 445 euros each week, which amounts to about $500 U.S. And a family from Darfur, living in a refugee camp in Chad, they spend about 685 CDF, which is francs. That equals about $1.23 U.S. There are surprising and remarkable details in the photos like seeing all those bottles of Coca-Cola lined up behind the family from Mexico. And also gorgeous detailed embroidery on the clothing of a Guatemalan mother as her, she and her family dine each week for about uh, 573 uh, of their dollars, which equals about $75.70 in U.S. dollars. And the fact that only those in Chad and Ecuador, Batane and Mali have absolutely nothing that is packaged or processed in their diets. What that means is simply that out of the 24 com- countries that represented that only these Five seem to, excuse me, four rather, seem to have nothing packaged, prepackaged. What we eat, how we eat, is a common thread that binds us together as well as something that sets us apart from one another. Here are some of the favorite foods that we shared with the authors, that were shared rather by the authors of the book. A family from Great Britain loves chocolate fudge cake. I do too. And a family from Mongolia treasures their recipe for mutton dumplings. The Ecuadorian family shared a recipe for potato soup with cabbage. Anybody like potato soup with um, broccoli? Mm -hmm. While the family from Poland treated their guest to pig's knuckles with carrots. Now, just last week, I um, had a friend of mine to bring me some a pig foot, pig foot, and sweet potatoes. It was an interesting meal. Um, the familiar and the exotic overlap sometimes in unexpected ways. And a family from Beijing loves shredded pork, uh, f- shredded fried pork, that is, with sweets and sour sauce. And the family from Mexico loves pizza, pasta, and chicken. A family from the Philippines loves both traditional Adidas. Now, of course, we're not talking about the shoes, but that is uh, chicken feet, chicken's feet. 
with Cheese Whiz. And they eat that and enjoy it for breakfast. The authors of The Hungry Planet wanted to show us how not only are new and exotic foods showing up in great abundance in our own American supermarkets, but KFC, Coca-Cola, and Kraft Cheese, singles that is, are also practically staples, staples upon the grocery shelves in Bosnia to Bahrain. It is a hungry planet. Certainly it is a small planet and getting smaller as our cultures reach out and touch one another. It's a challenging. It's challenging to think about what we eat and to put it in the perspective of globalization and starvation and the epidemics of obesity and diabetes here in the United States. But as uh, another, that is, another um, author expressed it, there's a hunger There's a hunger that goes beyond food that is expressed in food. And that's why feeding is always a kind of a miracle. When we eat together, we bring together the fragments of our lives and we become a community. We move from being separated, separate to becoming one. It becomes a kind of a miracle, as I said, and, 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 and it's a miracle of, of transformation and bonding in both phileo and then transcending into agape love. Each year on the first Sunday in October, we do observe World Communion Sunday. It's a, it's a day that is organized around the idea of sharing a meal together as a world communion, as a world uh, fellowship, as a worldwide meal. It was first celebrated at Shadyside Presbyterian Church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in 1933, a year that's been called the darkest year of the Great Depression, and at a time when, interestingly enough, Nazism was on the rise in Europe. Uh, Just as an aside, extremist responses to economic crises are certainly nothing new. Well, the people of Shadyside felt a celebration emphasizing Christian unity worldwide would provide encouragement and solace and comfort and a sense that the church of the, of the, uh, the church of Jesus Christ remains relevant that it still has a word, the word of hope, to speak to a world that is feeling increasingly hopeless. Something, something that, that we almost feel, and, and there are a few who feel that today. And so their plan was to emphasize that unity through the sharing of a common meal 
the sharing of the communion meal. The sharing of that meal that breaks down the walls of separation between churches and individuals. Again, there's a, a hunger that goes beyond food. It's a hunger for fellowship. And it's a hunger that makes eating together a kind of a sweet miracle. When we eat together, we bring together the fragments of our individual lives and we experience a communion, a common fellowship. We move from being separate to being one. In this morning's passage from Jeremiah's Lamentation, we hear echoes of fear, of insecurity, and a kind of persecution that was on the rise in 1933, as well as being on the rise in our own day. The sorrowful cry goes up, remember my affliction and my roarings, my roamings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul still remembers and it sinks within me. Remember my affliction and my roarings, my roamings, the wormwood and the gall. Lamentations 3, 19 through 20. And yet, almost instantly, Jeremiah reminds us that we too remember the rest of the story, as it were. We remember, we say those words of lamentation, but this I call to my mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never, ever ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is our portion. The Lord is my portion. When we are in the depths of fear or despair, everything tastes bitter. It becomes sawdust in our mouths. But when we rest in the reassurance of God, of the God of abundance being our portion. Life is filled with flavor again. We begin to taste and to see again vividly that our Lord is good. And we experience that hope and that tastefulness of his presence and his provision for us. Our life becomes filled with flavor again. The simplest things fill us. Why? Because we know that we are cared for. We know and we experience encouragement on our darkest days. We know the solace of the embrace of God. We might even sing to ourselves the verses of the familiar hymn, God will take care of you. And yet, our call as people of faith goes beyond only reassuring ourselves of our Lord's care. It goes on to care for others. Someone said, if the church 
if the church has a key and if the key to the church and the church's mission is transforming the world for Jesus Christ, then there's a question that comes to mind. And the question is, what can we as the church do for others? How can we serve others? In this COVID-19 season, our question of how we serve others becomes a question that extends itself to embrace the words, how do we serve others in a new way? We've served them well in the past, but how shall we serve them in this new season that sometimes seems and in fact is so very confining? We serve others first and foremost in the ways that Jesus modeled with his disciples in the upper room. We welcome all to the Holy Communion table. But we also reflect on the teaching that the Lord gave us in the account of Jesus' feeding the 5,000. We studied that just a few months ago. How the Lord, our God, how Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, equipped his disciples from the meager fare that they had, the meager opportunities that they had to help others. When they turned, submitted what they had to the Lord, Jesus Christ, he in turn multiplied their resources so that they could They could be the ones who dispensed the meal to the 5,000. He equips us to feed others. Yet there's a hunger that does go beyond that which is expressed in natural food. And that's why the feeding becomes a kind of miracles, miracle. When we eat together, we bring together the fragments of our individual lives and we experience a communion that is truly holy, set apart, different, very different from other times of fellowship. We move from being separate to being one. And on World Communion Sunday, we observe that. We recognize this. We celebrate this. We recognize the truth we often take for granted. The table and the fragments of bread, that is the body of Christ, become a shared fellowship meal that extends all the way around the world. The table includes those who are right here listening this morning to our message listening in the comfort of their homes, listening to all others who are found in virtual land, that is on a Facebook page or or those who are enjoying listening on podcast, everyone in virtual land. And yet we join in the fellowship on the World Communion Sunday with all Christians around the world who are gathered together in cities like 
uh, like like uh, Kadera, Japan, or or those in Mexico, and those who are enjoying a meal in in Istanbul, the World Communion meal in Istanbul. The world is far too small to imagine that these Christians. These residents of other nations are not our neighbors. World Communion Sunday, as we gather around our own communion table, reminds us that Jesus calls us to love our neighbors and to serve them, and that our communion circles, our communion table in circles, joins in encircling the globe. Thanks, thanks, thanks be to God, our Lord, who is the Savior of the world, who died for us, that we might truly share in this meal together. Amen, amen, and amen. I invite you now to just listen in with me for our closing hymn this morning. It is entitled, One Bread and One Body. And I I invite you to just sit quiet for just a moment before we join in listening as I recite, not sing, but recite these words for us together today. Gentile or Jew, servant or free, woman or man, no more, no more. One now, we are one body, we are one bread, one Lord of all, one cup of blessing which we bless. And we, though many throughout the earth, we are one body, in this one Lord. Many the gifts, many the works, one in the Lord of all, one bread, one body, one Lord of all, one cup of blessing, which we bless. And we, though many throughout the earth, we are one body in this one Lord. Grain for the fields, scattered and grown, gathered to one for all. One bread, one body, one Lord of all, one cup of blessing, which we bless, and we, though many, throughout the earth. We are one body in this one Lord. Amen, amen, and amen. We close our service together now with our benediction. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and on earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all.
Amen, amen, and amen. I pray that you bless, Lord God, and keep every one of us who's taken part in this service together today. Keep us in your tender and loving care until we meet again, Lord God, next week. Same time, same place, same members of the same body, in love and in unity. Amen, amen, and amen.